Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're doing the next letter in our movie alphabet series, King Kong from 1933. Yes, I believe this was this was my choice for the letter K. Um, yeah. I, I think this was the first King Kong movie that I've ever seen. Really? I really don't think I've seen any other King Kong film. I really don't think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen the one by Peter Jackson. So I'm pretty and, sure that's the only King Kong I've ever seen. And is the story, like, similar? Because I, I, I kind of, I thought, I thought King Kong was, was one thing, and I guess it kind of turned into something else. I mean, are, are the other, is, was the Peter Jackson one kind of like this one too? Or was it a little bit different? Not honestly, like, it was very close to this it's it's the story of king kong is is pretty simple yeah yeah. um basically the whole story is that there's this uh filmmaker who's really cocky has a lot of money brings a lot of people to some random south pacific or whatever east indies um island tropical island um to in it for adventure slash a movie and uh they get there and there's this big ape on the island skull island who um the native people on the island give a sacrifice to um and then the girl gets taken and you kind of see a side of King Kong that he wants to take care of her. And then all the guys come and defeat King Kong and bring him back to New York City. Where they put him on display. And then he climbs up the Empire State Building with the girl. And gets shot down. That's uh, that's King Kong. Alright, well that was, that was the episode, guys. We'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this I guess... Movie... Is the same as the Peter Jackson one, except for the Peter Jackson one is like three and a half hours long. Yeah, I heard I heard it's lengthy. Um, this was very not lengthy, and uh, with such a with no. such a simple plot, you'd think. And honestly, I thought some of these scenes were drawn out a bit too long. Like they could have yeah. been shorter. Like this could have been a lot of screaming. There's a lot of screaming. Uh, these a uh, lot of these, noises. These fight scenes were very detailed very Mm -hmm. detailed and almost like almost gory and like gruesome in a way like it was yeah dude like i I could see this being a terrifying movie back in 1933 it is 
And honestly, the one, the Peter Jackson one, to me, is extremely horrifying. Um, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, when those guys were on that log, and they were all falling off one by one. I mean, that was horrifying. Yeah, that was really scary. Even his fight with, like, the T-Rex, which I think just went on way too long. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's just, uh, we're dealing with a lot of claymation, and this is... Mm. It was, mm. this was, this was, I loved watching the claymation because like, it just, yeah. I, I could obviously tell what parts were claymation, like, like with the little people, cause they even had little claymation people, it was um, great. like flailing around and, yeah. and th- they were very detailed. Like, I mean, it's so, it's, it's almost, um, not humbling, but like refreshing to kind of see a very, um, drawn out very detailed fight scene because you know there's mm-hmm. there's so many like fast fast shots and fast takes and you know things are blurry and you don't even really know what's happening in in a lot of fight scenes nowadays with the, with all the CG and and special effects and stuff like that like you don't even know what's happening and then the next thing you know the fight scene's done it was like yeah. you saw every step that King Kong took mm-hmm. and every mm-hmm. step that this T-Rex took when they were fighting each other and just it was so not like strategic but it was just very detailed and very drawn out and very slow and like yeah it was a bit long and kind of boring and like even even Kimmy who was watching this with me was like is this fight scene still happening I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah it is uh-huh and uh-huh uh, but it was it was refreshing I actually really enjoyed enjoyed those scenes uh, even though they were like, dude, Claymation King Kong was scary. Like, I was like, yeah. whoa. Ooh. <laughs> I don't you know want to look at this. I was reading a Roger Ebert review of this. And he actually went into a lot of details about the fact that the special effects were pretty great for the time. Because it was oh, 1933. Yeah. And they were saying a lot of green that, screen. Like, and, yeah, and claymation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and he was saying that the um, character of King Kong, although I didn't, you know, ref- reflecting on it, that he actually is seen in a very sympathetic way. Even though he kills a lot of people, he honestly really, really just, like, is obsessed with Anne, the, the blonde girl. Yeah. Like, he really just wants to take care of her. And so sometimes you see, like, those shots of, like, the claymation thing, like, petting her almost. It's like, he wants to protect her. He wants to protect her from these these many dinosaurs and slithering snakes that are on this place, you know? Yeah, and and I, I definitely agree with that, which is why I thought that in the newer movies or in, like, other movies that there were... Because it, it seemed like the, the people were obviously oblivious of this even Anne was like Anne just you know she was she was terrified of this monkey this whole time this ape definitely yeah and and even to this day like she she probably will just continue on her days thinking that this this thing was going to eat her at some point or this thing was probably going to to smush her or something like she probably does not have an empathetic bone in her body for this for this creature um Mm -hmm. she screamed so much screamed so so much. A lot. A lot. It's like, it's um, not doing anything. You might as well stop. I thought that in the in the other movies, or at least in another version of the movie, that the that the girl who gets caught 
kind of does start feeling empathetic towards him and and even tries to save him. Is is that does that kind of happen in some of the newer like in Peter yeah. Jackson at all? Definitely Naomi Watts yeah. is like very sympathetic towards towards Kong. Like they they have moments. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um I definitely have not seen that movie in a very long time. Um mostly because of the extremely traumatizing like deaths that these men are like that happened to them on skull island i mean it's just like devastating yeah i think i think the closest thing to king kong that that i think of is uh is the rugrats go to paris movie and they go see that that reptar play and yeah do you know the princess the princess gets taken by reptar but she's but she's like she's sympathetic towards him um, yeah. And she like sings yeah. that song about Reptar. Like that. That's pretty much what I think of King Kong. <laughs> is Reptar? <laughs> um, it is very hard to not watch this movie with the fact that it's like an iconic um, American film and like Hollywood film. And I listened to this podcast called "You Must Remember This." Um, and and funny enough, I listened to a podcast on. The, the producer of this movie, um, David Oselznik, who also directed Gone with the Wind. Mm. And, mm. and this guy was a very interesting dude. So I would, I would recommend listening to the U.S. You Must Remember This podcast. But I had just listened to it, and it was a two-parter episode. I only listened to the first part so far. And then I watched King Kong, and David Oselznik made this movie because he was like working with Louis B. Mayer of MGM yeah. for um, for a little bit, and Louis B. Mayer did not like him. And so David Oselznik went off and made his own production company. Um, and so it was interesting, and I was listening to this, and obviously he made Gone with the Wind, the highest... Um, yeah, the, like, the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. And it's just, like, crazy, because he, like really just wanted to make movies and that was like his thing and he just was like I have to keep doing this on my own and do whatever I want um and I saw that he made King Kong and I was like wow how how apropos like I just listened to this podcast about this guy small world I mean like we I definitely have been learning so much about the it's the podcast tagline is um the private and/or forgotten lives of uh, Hollywood stars in the 20th century. So it's like everything from the earliest cinema to stuff in the 90s. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I just like I really kind of felt like King Kong. Like this movie was very good. Obviously, it's like harder to watch it now, but just because of of the incredible technology that was used in this movie and um just it's just so iconic you know yeah i definitely agree that it's iconic i though it's definitely problematic to watch now um yeah yeah but the like i mean i really wanted to like uh ann a lot more Mm -hmm. but uh Mm -hmm. she's just kind of a She's just kind of a pretty face, and she's kind of just told that. I mean, uh, and we and her and her and uh, John Jack Driscoll's like relationship was just 
was just really bad. It was yeah. just he's like he's like picking on her because he likes her. Like we're on the yeah. fucking schoolyard, like just you know pulling on girls' hair and telling them that they're that they're useless and they're in the way. But then like he, but then he's like f- actually liking her, and it's just. Ugh. It's oh, it's all sorts of problems. I mean, definitely like, the first like thirty minutes of the movie are literally just like everybody complaining that they have to bring a girl on the ship. Like they're like, no, women suck. They're just horrible. Why have her on this? She's gonna distract everybody. Like you know, it's it's all this like horrible stuff about women for like the first thirty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at first they were kind of just saying, like, you know, girls aren't going to want to be in your films, guy. Like, they're, you put people in danger and you don't care. Like, no one's, like, no girl's going to want to be in your film. And then he's like, but I have to because Hollywood wants it or else I won't make money. So I have to bring a stupid girl along. And it's just like, (laughs) dude. I was like, oh, all right, all right. People are, people were not respectful. Like, they just, like, women were definitely objects before they were people for a long time. Yeah, and the fact that he just straight up, like, kidnaps Anne, Anne is just... I mean, she consented, obviously, but she didn't know she was what she was getting into. And Aw, man. Honestly, yeah. I don't know why she even bothered, like, to go to the premiere of... the premiere of showing King Kong to the world when she just had such a horrible traumatic experience. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like in the screenplay, she's like, well, it was pretty bad, and I think about it all the time, but I'm here, aren't I? We're getting married. Yeah, it, yeah. And then just, you know. oh my gosh. And then Jack, I, I, Jack is just like a thumb, and it's just oh my like, God. yeah. It's like, just... he remarkably doesn't die when literally every other man on the search party for her dies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean,. Wow. Like, it was like a dozen guys. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like a dozen crash dummies. Like, did you see? Oh, yeah. All those, yeah. all those, all those crash dummies, like, fall, you know, into the water, into. Yeah. So <laughs> I liked it when King Kong would, like, put things, like, the men in his mouth. He'd be like, I'm yum, yum. Yeah, I was, that, I was like... waiting for a limb to be ripped off. Like he would just kind of, he would kind of stick him in the, stick him in his mouth, kind of like just hold him there for a second, and then of course they'd be dead. <laughs> and then he just yeah. take him out and then just throw him. And then when he was smushing that guy with his foot, oh, in the mud. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, they had to make a huge ape foot yeah. and squish this guy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. It's, it's very so enjoyable. Great. And oh my yeah. gosh, so I, I, I didn't, creature. I didn't know. Oh my yeah, God. Nessie. Oh yeah. man, I did not know how King Kong, like what King Kong was gonna be when we when he was first showing up. Like when they finally got to the island, and you know they were they were watching the the ritual with the tribe, uh, with the natives, and uh, and like and I knew I knew Kong was coming, and like when they were like tying her up, I was like, oh man, is he gonna be a puppet? Is he gonna be claymation? What's he gonna be? I was like getting really excited. Yeah, um, and then oh man, I couldn't have been more. Um, I couldn't have been more happy with what I got. <laughs> I honestly, what, yeah, it is very enjoyable. I did have a good time watching it. Um, it's very, like, even though there's some of the fight scenes are slower, it's still pretty yeah, yeah. fast paced and yeah. the movie goes by pretty quickly and uh, it really gets to the point, that's for sure. Yeah. 
yeah. I can't believe that this is this is listed as a horror film. I mean, are are King Kong are the f- current King Kongs like listed as horror films? I mean, I could see why this was a horror film. Like a lot of the dude, I would say it is. I mean, I would be pretty afraid of it. It's pretty vivid. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Gosh, when all like watching the blood come out of like the T Rex's mouth, like it was it was in black and white, but you could you could still <laughs> obviously see. Like what? Well, it just yeah. like and it was gushing out of this like claymation thing. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh man. Also, the like set, like the matte paintings, everything looked like really good. Like it was really cute. You know, it really felt like you were in this this um, really big jungle. Like everything was really really big. Like I think they did a really good job, like showing that whole background and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I am just going to read some of these trivias because they're pretty interesting. Obviously, it's an old movie, so it uh, it's pretty interesting. I did read today from the Roger Ebert that it cost only um, $600,000 to make, um, which was pretty cheap. Yeah, but what about, um, what about it, for that time? Is that in today's, yeah. in today's money or... Like I, I didn't see how much it was for today's money, but I, um, that's what Roger Ebert said. So I think that okay. might have been at in then, you know, which it was, it's probably a lot now, but it's probably a lot less than uh, movies usually made for. Um, it says on the trivia on IMDb that it grossed $90,000 in its opening weekend, the biggest opening ever at that time. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, um, it does say that there was a combination of metal models and real plants um, during the background. Um, there's there's just all these like problems with it, including the fur on King Kong was since Kong was a like clean like a movable you know miniature, um, it, it had like fur on it that was actually rabbit's fur. And it kept, like, the fur is all, like, in the animation, it's kind of like, it looks like it's always moving, and it's, like, getting pressed and stuff, because, like, every time they would move, you know, like, the claymation guys would have to, like, move it and put their hands all over it, and then it would fuck up the fur, and the fur wouldn't look the same in the next frame. So it just kind of It almost looked like the fur was, like, clumping (laughs) off at some points. Yeah, because they used actual fur, um, and that was the... That was the re- what ended up happening, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, I feel like uh, yeah. when they when they had King Kong like strapped to that, uh, what was it like that stand when he was put in the theater again? Like, why would you bring a ginormous uh, ape into a theater? Like, I'm just full like full of people, full of people. I'm like, how? Yeah. How did how did the U.S. allow you to bring this into the country? I was like, you brought this, and like, did you tell the government that he was gonna like be able to stop a subway or pick people out of their beds and drop them like twenty feet? Yeah, I feel like I feel like we you know we ask these questions a lot in in movies that are made you know even today or currently like really is this really how this would have happened? I really hope <laughs> that you know people back in 1933 were like, of course he wasn't gonna stay on that, you dunderhead, like you know like just <laughs> shouting these like angry things at the screen. Yep. Oh man, but they're probably just terrified of King Kong because because he, he was scary. He was real scary. Yeah. 
dude, very frightening. It was it was effective, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm Any just looking trivia? at some some stuff. Obviously, there's like a lot of stuff about the production. Um, and just like random stuff. This one says it was Adolf Hitler's favorite movie, along with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Um. It said that uh, the, the actress uh, who played Anne, Faye Ray, spent a day in the studio recording a series of screams she dubbed her Aria of the Agonies. Uh, oh, Aria of the Agonies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay. Um, it says... The screenwriter had originally planned for Kong to be exhibited in Yankee Stadium, but later decide on a Midtown Theater, Hmm. Um, which definitely wouldn't have worked out with getting down to, like, the Empire State Building, because it's a bit far away. Oh, right, because they, you know, he had had to end up on the Empire State Building. Um, the actress Faye Ray claimed that she personally insisted that her character be a blonde and personally chose her wig at the Max Factor shop in Los Angeles. Okay, I thought her hair looked a little funky. <laughs> I thought I thought a she wig. dyed it because I was looking at some other pictures of her and, and she has she has she's a brunette in, in other things, so I thought uh I thought she just dyed it, but she wore a wig. All right. This movie was so popular that when it premiered on Easter Sunday in London, 12,000 people had to be turned away. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Oh, man, those poor people had a, had a horrible Easter Sunday because they couldn't watch, couldn't watch King Kong. Which, uh, the, the tagline for this movie, I guess, is, is King Kong Comes. <laughs> <laughs> that's real yeah. clever real yeah. clever i mean he he comes he does Dead. unwillingly <laughs> unwillingly but uh but he comes to new york that's for sure yeah um i'm just any more trivia or should i read these uh plot keywords yeah why don't you read the plot keywords while i look through there's just a lot of trivia all right so uh let's see the plot keywords we got here are a giant ape, giant gorilla, King Kong, <laughs> King Kong character, Manhattan, New York City. There you go. That's the movie. This is kind of interesting. Max Steiner's score for the film was unique for many reasons. It was the first feature-length score for a talkie, the first major Hollywood film to use an original thematic score rather than background music, the first score to use a 46-piece orchestra, and the first score to be recorded on three tracks, one for sound effects, dialogue, and one for music. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They got real technical for this movie. This is like, this is like... This is the beginning. This, this is, is the like beginning. the avatar of the 1930s. Like, <laughs> it was a big old deal. It's a big deal. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got 
we got a lot of... Oh, this is kind of fun. The giant gates in the wall at the native village can be seen on fire in Gone with the Wind when Scarlet and Rhett leave Atlantis as it's burning. What? <laughs> what? I knew you would like that. That's yeah. crazy. Oh my god. Uh, this this thing says body count 40. <laughs> body count like like 40. Like death count or just like Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> with with all those dinosaurs eating people, Nessie going at it, this weird slithering snake thing. I mean, wow. Oh man, so the entire time for that movie, Kong only killed 40 people. I mean, he killed 12 people on... Well, no, he killed a lot of... He killed a lot of natives uh, when he when he stormed the gate. That was scary, too. Like, when he was pushing against yeah. it. I was <sighs> like, I was like, oh, it's not gonna he stay. Just, he wanted... He wanted Anne. Yeah. Poor Anne. I know. Poor Clay oh. Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, All right, so should we read the um, meta score? Yeah. E- wow. <laughs> There's so it's many 100s. Oh, my goodness. So it has a 90, but that's because the very lowest one is a 70. From what we can see. I don't know if there's, like, anything There's definitely more else on, on Metacritic. Metacritic. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, I'm going to read the Time Magazine one. It says, Kong is an exaggeration of ad absurdum. Too vast to be plausible. This makes his actions wholly enjoyable. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I wonder if that review is actually from 1933. Let's see. I don't think so. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is? Monday, Monday, March 13th, 1933. (gasps) Time Magazine. Oh my gosh! Really? Oh yeah. man, who who took the time to put to put these into Metacritic? <laughs> I love these... that because it's like some yeah. of them from 1933 and some of them from like the last you know 20 years. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's it's, see. It's pretty great. How about? Uh... I'm gonna read the. Chicago Sun Times, uh, Roger Ebert. They gave it a 100. Uh, but King Kong is more than a technical achievement. It is also a curiously touching fable in which the beast is seen not as a monster of destruction, but as a creature that, in its own way, wants to do the right thing. You see, and I wish, I wish there was like a little bit of a, of an empathetic part, like at least on Anne's part, to you know try to say. Like, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't treat him like this. Like, she could have at least said something before they left. I mean, I know she was terrified, but, like... I think that's what the later Kongs do. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, they improve it. Obviously, Peter Jackson, like, gets off on it, but... Yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) Because he just goes hard. Yeah. Hard! You know? That's kind of what he does, though. Like he, he just he goes. You, I know. you, you. He himself is a beast on the loose when it comes to <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, um, the misunderstood beast. Yeah, misunderstood beast. Uh, let's see. I kind of want to read the real views one. Uh, they gave it an eighty-eight, despite its 
various deficiencies and occasional, occasionally antiquated style, King Kong remains not only a milestone of movie making, but a magical experience. It felt magical. I'll agree with that. It was great. It was, it was very magical. Yeah, I'm going to read the TV Guide magazine one, which is clearly the, like, it's later, probably from more recently. Uh Uh-huh. Let me just click on it to make sure when exactly this was written. Um, Come on, 1930s. I don't think it's from the 1930s. I think this one is more recently. Um, It does not say, but it is on their website, so I'm going to guess it's more recent. It says, The ultimate monster movie and one of the grandest and most beloved adventure films ever made, King Kong is a film that has given us one of the most enduring icons of American popular culture. A massively destructive but curiously sympathetic giant gorilla whose rampage through New York City suggests, on a psychological level, the reemergence of repressed desire. Wow. It's a very nice analysis, TV Guide. Yeah, very nice, TV Guide. Very nice. I did try to think about what the allegories for King Kong were while I was watching this movie, but then I was also too lazy to really think about it too much. I was just having way too much fun. I was not thinking too much into it. I was like, I was like, damn, this gorilla's killing everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Gorilla versus T-Rex. Who's going to win? Oh, man. Oh, man. And then just like the other dinosaurs. It's like, so, so, I mean, I, I just, I just get like Jurassic Park feels from this where it's just like, so this island... I, I know yeah. Jurassic Park. The, the dinosaurs were made um, from the from the blood of a you know, whatever a mosquito, uh, but like so this one is just like an island that just happens to still have dinosaurs on it. And why did no one mm-hmm. care about the huge ass still alive dinosaurs? Why? No, I go know they're all like for the what about gorilla? King Kong? Yeah, yeah. And they're like. <laughs> Like what? But you you literally just killed this like Stegosaurus like five minutes ago. Like, yeah. And there's a terrifying T Rex running around. Like, why aren't you afraid of that shit? I they are like they all die from those things yeah. too. But I think they're just more intrigued with Kong because Kong is like an ancestor of humans, and he he's just more remarkable because he's so big. Yeah, and he's he's a lot more he's a lot more exciting just. Because, I mean, I mean, dinosaurs would be pretty exciting to see. But, you know, at least, at least with a, with a giant gorilla, you can add a level of intelligence instead of just, you know, dinosaur, dinosaur yeah. prehistoric yeah. rage, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the re-emergence of repressed desire. I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I was I was hoping when he brought Anne back to his cave that that there was going to be like I mean I'm I was assuming that that the natives had given multiple sacrifices to King Kong. Mm, yeah, like, over and, the many years. Yeah, and I was like waiting to like see all the other ladies that that you know were his were his wives or his brides or whatever. Yeah, um, but none of them were wearing you know none of them had like pale skin and blonde hair because the white woman is is apparently the queen in this. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they, so. Kong does not care about the natives. He sees them all the time. I guess so. I guess so. The golden lady. Yeah, <laughs> the golden lady. Anne. 
This this movie was just I I did enjoy the portrayal of the the native people. I did I didn't think it was like too much either. I thought it was like fine. I I'm not real I don't really remember anything about them in the newer ones. Um oh, like they weren't know. just they just weren't very memorable or something in the newer yeah, one. Yeah, like I remember people dying from them maybe in the newer one. <laughs> Like, they're just, like, murdering people left and right like it's Indiana Jones. I mean, it's just, they were, they were in such a, I feel like they were in such a big part of this movie. Like, you know, we have the beginning where, like, you know, we meet everyone and then they kind of get on the boat rather quickly. um, And then they're, like, kind of at sea for, you know, what feels like a couple of hours. And then they're magically, (laughs) they're magically at the island. Um, Yeah. And, uh, but then we see these natives quite a bit. Like, we see them, you know, doing the, the ritual when they get there of sacrificing the bride to King Kong. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then they we kind of, we kind of see their exchange. Yeah, we see their it's exchange. It's like, the guy can somehow understand them, the skipper or whatever. Like, he can somehow understand their language, which I thought was really interesting. I was like, are, are you, like... You like akin to these languages or something, dude? I was like, that's sure convenient. <laughs> I know you, that you just know a, a language of a tribe that's just on some remote island Random somewhere island that no you've one's never ever been. been. To. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, they speak the same language as the as the whoever over here, and I'm like, eh, um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't <laughs> think so, Skipper. Oh, that just seems convenient, <laughs> convenient for the movie's sake and for your yeah. sake. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. sure. Sure. Some, some things were a stretch, but, uh, but I guess, I guess it works since it's movie magic. It's all movie magic, man. It's all movie magic, man. Well, that was King Kong. That was King Kong. And, uh, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad that it's over and done with. What's, the uh, what's the next movie we get to do? It's Jay, right? Jake, no, we just um, did Jay. <laughs> we just did Jay. I'm working backwards. Yeah, the next one is L. No, um, L. Yes, Emily. Yes. Um, this one that is the one I picked, which is letters to letters from Iwo Jima. Ooh, so it's a war film, dude. Ooh, war film. A war film. Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> We're we're both excited. Uh yeah. Great. So that was that was King Kong. If you if you enjoy this movie or if there's another uh King Kong film that you would recommend uh recommend us to watch. Um I, I would love to watch another one now, now that I've seen one. I'm I'm kinda hooked and I'd like to see more. So if you have another one that you would suggest, I saw that there was like one from the seventies, there's one from like the early 2000s there is the one the early 2000s the peter jackson one yes i I believe it came out like yeah i think it's like mid-2000s and then is technically the rampage supposed to be a king kong type as well the one with uh with the rock um yeah sure It, it it came up like under the king kong search when i was searching it on amazon but uh i mean like yeah i think i think it's like the story is a little different but yeah it is about a giant ape so it sure is 
Um, but yeah, if there's another if there's another one that you enjoy, please let me know. I'd love to watch it. Uh, you can email that to us at uh, allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just leave it in the comments. You can do that on SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search All By The Popcorn and like our page. Uh, if you like our little show that we have going on here, you can rate and review our show. You could do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And if you need notifications on future episodes that we release, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter, at By The Popcorn, and Instagram, at All By The Popcorn Podcast. We also have merch. We also have a YouTube page. Search All By The Popcorn Podcast and follow that. We plan to do some cool stuff with YouTube in the future. Not anytime soon, but in the future. But go ahead and follow that anyway. Um, mm. And I already said merch, but merch. Yeah. I gotta yeah. get a sticker, Alessandra. I need a sticker. <laughs> I need a new sticker. Also, check out our um, toppings um, entertainment that we've been releasing. We have all of the uh, different things that we discuss on our stories every week. So go check those out. Yes, our highlights, right? The highlights? Yeah, and our highlights on Instagram. Yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay inside. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.